Amen. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate that. That's a tremendous thought. Do you still feel the nails? Jesus died for all our sin, did he not? Does that mean he died for the sin that I'll commit this week? It does, doesn't it? What, what a convicting thought. I'm just adding to the cross. I don't know how all that works. My mind doesn't work that way with time and all that. But God's greater than all that. And he paid for all my sin. And, uh, but what a, what a thought. If we got up each day and said, will I add to the Lord's cross today? Mm. We start our day out with a mindset like that. It would probably change a few things, wouldn't it? It certainly would in, in my life. What a, what a convicting thought there. Good. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate you. Amen. Good job. As you know, Sunday nights we've been looking at what the Bible has to say about in, uh, specific topics. And uh, tonight, uh, something the Lord gave me this week, because it needs to be taught. Something that we're seeing deteriorate in the world, and it's something we've seen deteriorate in the last two and a half years especially. Especially. American standards and levels of excellence in the workplace have greatly changed, have they not? Greatly changed. Let me say that again. American standards and the levels of excellence in the workplace have greatly changed the last few years. People don't want to work, do they? Isn't that right, Rocky? Brother Rocky, they don't want to work. People don't, they're not committed to seeing the job get done. Young people, this, that is not the way it's supposed to be. Please understand that. This world is painting a picture for you, young people, that you haven't seen anything else. You've seen that. You've seen a, a subpar of standards of what it ought to be. That is not what God is pleased with. I've noticed here recently, nobody cares. Nobody cares what the job looks like, if it even gets done, and, and what, how they do it in the process. Nobody cares. It used to be that customer service was a thing, was, a, was an important thing. And people sought out businesses that had better customer service. Amen? But today, shelves are empty. They're not cared for anymore. Uh, you go in a big department store like right up the road, and first of all, you're lucky to find it on the shelf. And then what does the shelf look like? It looks bare with a bunch of junk just piled everywhere. And it used to be that people were paid to take care of that stuff. You had a, you had a lady in the clothes section, and instead of there being clumps and piles of messy clothes, she went in and folded, refolded it and put it back on the stack and made it look presentable and nice. Remember that? I remember seeing that. I remember somebody tending to all the aisles as a kid. I I worked for Coca-Cola out of high school. And you know what they taught me? They said, you make sure your presentation looks good. You You want to have a full shelf. But for some reason you couldn't have a full shelf. You bring it to the front and make it look good. I remember being at the store as a kid and watching people just come through the aisles and bringing everything to the, the, t- the front of the shelf and making it look presentable and neat and proper so you could read the label. 
Now you can't even find a price tag on it anywhere. You have no idea what you're buying. Standards uh, have greatly dropped. The result, we've got sloppy, terrible results. Products are either not available or they're damaged. And we have very unacceptable or subpar standards in stores. It's, it's interesting. You, don't, you see, see employees, they don't dress right. They don't come in on time. If, if, uh, if they do come to work, it's, you're, you're after them the whole time to, to keep working. You with me? That's, that's what we have in America. You know that wasn't always the case. That was not always the case. It wasn't when I was young. I was taught differently. You were, many of you were taught differently. In the younger crowd, we need to understand that that is not what is right. That's not what God expects. He doesn't expect subpar standards and the, the least of the least. He expects the best of the best. And the Bible has something to say about that. It's called work ethic. Christian work ethic. Amen? And, and adults need to hear it. Adults need to know what God has to say about that. And so do young people. All of us do. But in this world today, it's not being taught. And it's just because we're, we're, we're paying them to stay home now. And just to get them to work, we're too afraid. We're walking on eggshells even to say anything that they ought to do better. And this world is teaching something that is not of God. And it needs to be taught right. It used to be that America was the best of the best when it came to products and making things. It used to be in the late 1600s, early 1700s, before we were the United States of America, we were just the colonies, and people came to the New World seeking especially the shipbuilding of the Northeast because it was the best of the best. And then the, and then the, uh, the crops in the fields and all that, and, and even the furs and skins out on the frontier, and all these things, it used to be the best of the best. It was called Christian work ethic. What does that even mean? Well, Shank, we, we say that word, and we, a lot of folks don't even know what that means anymore. Ethics is a system of moral principles. Okay, I know I haven't got to the scripture yet, but we will in just a moment. Okay, ethics is a system of moral principles. I, somebody wrote this, and I, I wrote it down here. Ethics are a collection of values and behaviors people consider moral or right. Therefore, positive work ethics are the collection of all the values and actions that people feel are appropriate in the workplace. There's a difference between work ethic and Christian work ethic. Amen? A Christian work ethic is one in which work is viewed as a virtuous duty that has been mandated by God. I wrote this down also. A Christian work ethic requires a commitment to excellence in the task. Right? It used to be that Christian work ethic meant American work ethic, that they were two in the same. That's not the case anymore. It meant that things were made with quality, that people served their customers. What happened to customers always being right? I'm not here to talk business tonight. I'm talking the idea of putting our hand to the plow and pleasing God. Because that's Bible. That's Bible. Jesus used to teach the extra mile. The Word of God teaches that. Jesus taught that. We used to teach that is what I was trying to say. We used to teach the extra mile. Seems like that's a thing of the past and lately. There was value in the work that we did. You know what happened? Stop following this book. Because you look in here and you'll find that stuff. 
We find that we, we're supposed to give the best of the best. We're supposed to give 100%. That we're supposed to, uh, the servants are supposed to obey their masters in all things as, as doing it to the Lord and not to men. We're not to be men pleasers. We're to be a God pleaser. We're supposed to give 100%, all of it. Heartily unto the Lord, the Bible says. We stop following the Word of God. Just as a side note, America has been an advancement. Okay, this, this is on the side. This is free tonight, but just be a help to us a little bit for a minute. Okay? America has always been on the side of advancement, medically getting, being, uh, medical advancements, scientific and, 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 and innovative uh, technological advancements and all that. You know why? Because there was motivation, there was a reason to work. Man, man got reward for doing better and going the extra mile. He got rewarded for it. And what are we doing? We're, we're saying, oh, you don't have to do that no more. The government will take care of you. Yeah, let's everybody hold hands and hug and we'll all get the same. That does not produce excellence. That produces a lack of motivation and, and, and people not wanting to come to work. That's what that produces. And we're seeing it. We're embracing socialism and look what we're getting. In a communistic society, you do your homework and look at it. They don't, that's not communist societies. They don't produce innovative things. They don't have medical advancements. We don't have new inventions coming out. We don't have people fighting to give the best the best so that they can advance. We don't have that. You don't have that in communistic. You know, and it's crazy to me that people are wanting socialism and inviting it and wanting to embrace it. Because they, first of all, they've forgotten our history that our grandfathers fought against that stuff and what socialism leads to. Communism. Crazy. Let's look in our Bible, please. Genesis chapter 2. Let's see what God has to say. Again, this is a message for all of us, myself included, staff here at the church, grandma and grandpas, moms and dads, and young people. Because we need to hear what's right and what's true, what's good, what's proper. It's a shame that you can't trust an employee anymore to do what's right and what's honest. Whether they're in the shop, whether they're out in the road in sales, whether they're driving a truck or doing this thing or doing that thing, are they, are they really being honest or do I, have to, do I have to follow them and see everything they do? Look, look with me, please, Genesis chapter 2 here. And God, uh, it's interesting what God does here. Look at verse, um, chapter 2, verse 15. And the Lord God... Chapter 2, verse 15, please. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. See there? God made man and he gave him a job to do. That is not a, that's not a thing of the past. That's a thing of God. That's a thing that we ought to have. We ought to, man ought to work. That's not taught anymore either, is it? A man ought to work. He gets a, a satisfaction with the work of his hands. Amen? Amen? What man in here doesn't mow the grass and he gets done and he turns around and looks at it and goes, yeah, amen. Got that done. And some of us are weird and we like all them straight lines and we're like, yeah. Woo! <laughs> that looks good. Hey, babe. <laughs> Tell me it looks good. <laughs> right? Because we're ego. We got an ego. But anyways. And uh, 
You build something at home, you make something, you're going to look at it for a little while. Right? And no matter what it is, this, in, in this text here, the words dress it and keep it are important. Okay, to dress it literally means to work, to serve, or to labor. And to keep it means to hedge about or to guard it. Okay, many of your sports fanatics, you, you know, soccer, a, a, a goalie in soccer used to be called a keeper, right? He guarded it, he kept the goal. He tended to it. And that's what is, what is meant here. And so God gave Adam a job to, to work, to labor, and to keep his garden. I don't know what that means. I don't know if perhaps he was supposed to take certain seeds and plant them different places and, and get more trees of, this, of one kind. Did God plant? It says he planted every tree that was good to eat. But maybe, maybe he planted one of every kind and Adam was most, supposed to spread that. I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> it was a, a very, uh, only Adam and Eve were there, amen? And, and so what I do know is that God did give him a job to do. All right? And God's intention was that Adam would be satisfied with his work. Proverbs chapter 12 says this, The recompense of a man's hands shall be rendered unto him. In other words, there's a reward for what you do. You do more, you go the extra mile, you do better, then you get rewards from that. Yeah, they tried the other way around in Jamestown. Do you remember our history? Was it 1605? They landed and put Jamestown over here, right? And, and, and what happened? They tried something called the common store. It was a, it was a, uh, a communistic type of mentality where everybody put into the common store and everybody got out equally. And what happened was you had your guys that did more and that were more motivated and, and did better. They were putting more into the common store and everybody was getting equal. And instead of it bringing the lazy ones up, the hardworking ones said, why am I doing all this work for everybody else? And it produced more laziness. And uh, we, the Bible says here we get rewarded from the work of our hands. Uh, in, in, in chapter 3 of Genesis... Uh, you can flip over there. It's just one page over for most of you. The, God gave Adam a job to do. But we know sin came. In chapter 3, sin came. And because of sin, we get the curse on Adam's work. The curse of the ground. And in, chap, in chapter 3, verse 17, halfway through the verse, he says, Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face, verse 19, shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. And so even before, before sin, God gave Adam a job to do. But even after sin and when he left the garden, God gave Adam a job to do. In verse uh, 23 of the same chapter says, Therefore the, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Okay, sin didn't change that. There's still work. There's still satisfaction from work. But now it's going to be a little bit harder. We're going to sweat a little bit and you're going to have to deal with thorns and thistles. Okay, as a result of sin. Go with me to Leviticus, please. Third book of the Bible. Leviticus chapter 23, please. Leviticus 23. Now, I know some of us in here have been sat under preaching a long time. You know what the Bible has to say about a man working. 
Well, there's a lot of young people in here that don't know what the Bible says. And we've got to train them up. We've got to teach them. But it's not just about working. It's about what kind of work we do. And the Lord has something to say about that as well. Here's an interesting Bible principle that I found as I was studying here. And I want you to notice it here in, in chapter 23 of Leviticus, verse 22. Verse 22. I'm just going to read this one verse. It says, And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field. When thou reapest, neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Now, it sounds almost like backwards, like God saying, don't do it all the way. Don't finish it all the way. But instead... Understand the principle that he's teaching here. He didn't tell the Jews to, to work and do it all and, and, and just hand people that are in need money. He didn't say that. He said, instead of handing them money, I want you to give them work to do because they're going to go out and work and earn it for themselves. Did you catch that? That's exactly what Ruth did. Do you remember that? When Ruth came back from Moab and it's her and Naomi, two, two widows. And they're going to have to fend for themselves. They're going, to have to, they're going to have to have food. And instead of sitting on the side of the road with her hand out, instead of being moochers, Ruth went out in the field and she gleaned off of the fields of Boaz and she got food for her and Naomi and brought it home and, and fixed it. She got the crops and she had to do all the work. And I think that's a very good principle there. I, I believe in letting people work. I was teaching you, trying to teach you through missions giving, through faith promise, that I don't just hand my children money to put in the offering plate. I teach them that they must work to earn that money and then sacrifice some of that money for God. Why? Because they got to learn that sacrifice. If, if they're just getting a handout from me, they won't learn to give. They've got to learn that what they what of what they earn, they've got to sacrifice for the Lord and for other people. And so teaching them to work, not to just mooch and have their hand out. Proverbs chapter 14 says, In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. Alright, when it says talk, it's a matter spoken of, a cause. And penury is a deficiency or poverty or being in need or being poor. So what he's saying here is, is that labor brings profit. When we work, we earn money. We earn profit. But there's oftentimes lazy people that have a lot of good ideas and know how to talk up a cause, but they don't know how to work. And just talking about it and not doing it brings poverty. That's what he's teaching. Go with me to Psalm 19, please. Psalm 19, as usual on Sunday night, we use our Bible a lot as we learn these things. Psalm 19. God gives us an example here. Psalm 19. You're going to recognize this this verse. I believe it's quoted a lot. I, I refer to it a lot. The Bible says the heavens, this is Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Now consider that for a minute. Creation 
is a testimony of my God. Yes? We sing about it, don't we? Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, right? We sing about it. The heavens here declare the glory of God. That means how he stretched out the universe that we get to see and give him praise and thanks for it. It's his testimony of his work. Certainly an excellent God. It portrays, Brother Rocky, it portrays his character. When you see somebody's work and the work that they do with their hands and how they do it and, and, and whether they finish the task or how great they are at finishing the task, whether they work fast or they just drag their feet around, or whether they, they do it until the job is done, or whether they just, well, time's up, and they just leave it. You have a picture of their character by that. Yeah, Amen? Amen? It used to be that a man knew how to finish a job. He didn't just leave it. And God finished it, and it says here that it's a testimony. His handiwork is seen. Now, are we or are we not made in the image of God? Amen? That means we ought, to, we ought to bring Him glory. And maybe we ought to bring Him glory with our work. Yes? Yes. Amen. Amen. Bible principles here. Let's keep going. Proverbs chapter 6, please. Proverbs chapter 6. I know this isn't a most dynamic message ever, but we need to hear it. Amen? We need it. Okay, I need it, you need it, our teenagers need it, our, our young kids need it. Because they, ain't, they are not learning it from the world. Come on now, they aren't learning it from the world. And, and grandpa and grandma, I know that you've got to have a lot of patience to work with, the, with your grandkids, but they need to learn it from you too. And grandpa needs to go out in, in outside sometimes and work with the grandkids a little bit. And show them how to work. Take some time with them. A daddy ought to do that even more. And teach them. And teach them how to wash a car. Yeah, amen? Teach them how to do it from top to bottom. And scrub the wheels and do it right. And vacuum out the inside. And wipe, out, wipe off the dash and all that. It's getting quiet. You know why? Because we're lazy and we don't do it ourselves. But we need to teach this in our children or they don't learn how to work excellence. You understand? You get where I'm coming from? How to, how to do excellent work. We ought to teach them how to mow the grass and how to do it right. Amen? It used to be that when you mowed, you trimmed so it looked good. And it looked nice. And it was clean and good looking. Instead of weeds growing up everywhere. It doesn't look for a good testimony of our yard, does it? We ought to teach young people that. You say, oh, that's your opinion. Yes, it is my opinion. I'm telling you it's my opinion. But I believe when we work, we do it to please the Lord. And we go all the way. And we do it the best we can do it. Proverbs chapter 6. Look at what God says here. He points out the ant. Look at verse 6 of chapter 6. Please. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Somebody help me. What's a sluggard? A lazy guy. A lazy guy, right? Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, 
provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in harvest. Just like a farmer. Okay, the ant is a farmer here. Okay, I've spent a lot of time around farmers. Okay, they work hard in planting season. They get out there when it's still cold and they mix manure into the ground and get it, go to the, uh, the turning the soil up and get it going and then they plant it. And then as it's growing, they spend time and get making sure it's water. They got to have water in the pond or they got to have a ditch for it and they got to get it to the irrigator and get it watered. They got to care for is, is my plants getting eaten by bugs? Do I have to do something about that? And they tend to it all summer long and then harvest comes. And harvest time is a short window, isn't it? The crops are ripe, and you got to get them before the wet season comes. Because as soon as the wet season comes, it all goes down in price. You turn beans or corns in for a selling price, the moisture in it makes your price go down. And the more moisture that's in it, the less you get out of it. And so they have a short window to get it. And of course... Tractors getting stuck in fields and tearing them apart and all this stuff. You can't do it uh, in the wet season. And so they've got to be careful. But they work hard. And a lazy farmer will not have a good harvest. And that's what he's talking about the ant here. That's what he's talking about. He doesn't have to be motivated. He gets out and he does the work that God told him to do. Look at verse 9. How long will thou sleep, old sluggard? When will thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to sleep. Look at verse 11. Maybe we ought to underline it so we don't forget it. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. He's talking to the lazy guy. He's saying, your poverty is coming. If you live life that way, you are not going to have money. You're going to be poverty. You're going to be poor. You're going you're gonna to have the fruit of your hands. Okay? When, when I was trying to understand this verse, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth here. When I, when I was studying it, it kept coming back to, maybe you would know this term and maybe you wouldn't, but highwayman. Okay? A highwayman was somebody like back in the western days on a horse and he would rob people that were coming down the road. Okay, so a man's traveling down the road and he, and he jumps out from behind a rock or something and, and surprises them and robs them. For the traveler, there's nothing they can do. They weren't expecting it. He comes out of nowhere and it just happens. And that's what he's saying poverty comes like. You're lazy and, and what do we do? We're, we, 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 we're lazy so, so we start buying stuff on time, on credit cards. And we let that pile up and pile up and pile up and then one day it all comes crashing down. And we have no money and we got nothing because we're lazy. We ought to be careful with this stuff. We ought to be careful now. Look, uh, and, he's, and he says this here. You had a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands. We can't do that as, as, a, as a farmer. Can't do that as a working American adult. We can't do that with our children. Let's make great application here for a moment. Let's come outside the working world and let's talk about parenting for a moment. If mommies and daddies in here are lazy and you don't teach and train your children, you're going to get something you regret when they turn 18 and 19 and 20. Because we don't take the time to teach our children what is right. How to work and how to please the Lord. Yes? How to know this book and be in it. 
how to be faithful to God's house like he told us to be. Amen? Amen? Amen. Come on now. That's the truth. We're going to get something that we're, that we're not going to want. Proverbs chapter 20 says, The sluggard will not, will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Go with me to Ecclesiastes. Next book over, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Taught this through Wednesday night. It was much longer than I was expecting, about six months' time, but we got through it. Amen? In chapter 9, we dealt with this. But just a reminder here real quick. 9 verse 10. Chapter 9 verse 10. Look what God says here. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy what? Do it with thy might. Do it with thy might. Not half-hearted. Not sloppy. Not just kind of. But do it with all our might. That's what I expect out of these men on the platform. That when we have a task to do and, and whatever it might be, whether it be junior church or bus routes or youth group or whatever it might be, that we do it with all our might. Right? If these guys are sleeping in their office and, and, and clocking out after four hours of the day, so there's a problem. And I require much more of that. And so does God. Amen? Do it with thy might. Give it your all. Give it your all. Let's go to the New Testament. Colossians, please. Chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And on your way there, I'm going to read another passage to you that's very similar to this. Colossians chapter 3. Bible says, you're going to Colossians 3, I'm reading out of Ephesians 6. The Bible says, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. We do our best because God's watching. Because that's what He expects out of us. Whether we're tending the house, or whether we're working at work, or whether we're out uh, being soul winners, or whatever we're doing, we do it for the Lord. Amen? Look at Colossians chapter 3. Very similar text here, verse 22. Chapter 3, verse 22. Look at the Bible says. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Now, that's specifically talking about slaves there, slaves to masters. But the application can be made from employees to employers. If you're clocked in at, at work, then you, you do what you're supposed to do. Amen? Because that pleases God. They didn't pay you to sit around and chit-chat all day. They didn't pay you to be on your phone. They paid you to do a job, and we ought to do it. And this is why Christian, Christians stand out in this world. If they do it God's way, it's a big difference from everybody else in the world. And the Bible says promotion cometh from the north. It means it comes from God. And you do it God's way and you'll stand out and God will give you a promotion. Amen? I've seen it happen. Seen it in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives. It's important that we see this. Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. The idea with singleness of heart there is, is being genuine. Being real. Okay? Verse 23. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. 
Knowing then of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. There it is. Why do we work hard? Why do we give it our all? Why are we given 100%? Because it's to the Lord and not unto men. That's what God's teaching here. Man, go with me to 2 Thessalonians. We're about, we're about done here with just a few more. Just, I think this is the last place I have you turn. 2 Thessalonians. You think the preacher would be able to find it in his Bible? It's before Timothy. Amen. There it is. <laughs> 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Notice this now. Chapter 3, 2 Thessalonians. Everybody find it? It's on page 1272. Hopefully that's a help to you. (laughs) Only if you have this kind of Bible, right? Amen. Okay, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Look at verse 6, please. Look at verse 6. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ... That ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. Now, walketh disorderly, I have it underlined because that's a specific thing here that it's easy to misinterpret. The context teaches us what it is, okay? But walking disorderly, I wrote it down here, it means to tread all around or be irregular, okay? In other words, irregular with our work patterns, Okay, to walk all, to tread all around and be irregular. Look at the context here as we continue. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that ye might, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Catch what he's saying? He said, we're not disorderly. We did our job and we worked hard and the bread that we ate, we paid for it. What he's saying here is, we're not mooching off you. Here's a couple of preachers that what they did is they went around preaching the gospel and planting churches. And he said, while we were with you, we did the work and we paid for what we ate. We financed our own selves and, and we did it. And we please God in that thing so you couldn't come back and say that we were mooching off of you. Guess what he said there? That's what he was saying. Why, why is it today we have so many moochers in our society? I don't even know if that's, a, that's even a, a, a word, but I mooching, okay? What I'm talking about is people bumming off you and mooching off you and borrowing stuff all the time and taking from you and coming in and grabbing stuff out of your fridge all the time. Now, if it's your mother, it's okay. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I do mooch off my mama just a little bit, but she likes it. Okay. Amen. But the honest truth is, is that we're creating a society of moochers because people don't know how to work and therefore they're always running out of money because they don't know how to handle their money either. And then they're bumming things off of people. And that's a whole other message in itself. When you borrow something, you get it back right as quickly as possible and in better condition. Why? Because that's character. That's doing what's right. And here, what God's teaching us here through Paul is that I didn't bum anything off of you, and I worked hard, and I provided for myself. Look at verse 9. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. In other words... We have authority. Paul says, I'm an apostle. I came and I preached the gospel to you. 
I am an authority to you, but just because I'm an authority to you, I'm not going to bum off of you and take from you. I didn't tell you, I didn't command these things. I came to work and to be an example to you. That's what he's saying. Amen? Verse 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, here it is, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Man, we need to teach that some more. Amen? Amen. I don't know who said that, but praise God. If we don't work, we ought to not eat. Man? This thing of the government paying your whole salary so you can sit home and watch the TV, it's nonsense. It's not Bible. It's not of God. Amen? Now, here's, now here it is. There's some of us in this room that's of retirement age, and bless God. You worked your whole life, and you put some money aside so you can retire. Praise God for it. Do it. But if you sit around and do nothing, you're going to die quicker. Because God made us to work. Have a project. Have somewhere you, you uh, uh, volunteer at. Do something and work and have, have a, a reason, why you, a purpose to your life. Or else you're just going to curl up and die. And that's truth. Because you've seen it and so have I. Amen? He keeps going here, verse 11. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. You know what a busybody is? That's somebody that's in everybody's business. They got their nose in everybody's business. How in the world do they know all this stuff? You with me? How do they know all this stuff? Because they're not working and they got time to be on Facebook all day long. You with me? I'm not preaching against Facebook. and It's a blessing to some of you that have people around different parts of the world and all that stuff. What I'm saying is, is when we're doing things that we ought, where we're supposed to be working and we're goofing around. And we're in everybody's business and calling everybody and knowing everything. Amen? That's what he's, he said it. The Lord said it. I didn't. I'm just reading it. Amen? Verse 12. <laughs> Amen? Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Amen. Amen. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. In other words, you're doing right. Don't, don't grow tired of it. Just, just hold on. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Catch that? Somebody doesn't know how to work and they're bumming off everybody. He says, you don't keep company with them. You invite them over and you learn real quick. You don't invite them back. That's what he's saying. Amen. You're chuckling. He said it. Paul said it. God said it. Amen. Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. There are certain people in our church, and they have been, and they're still doing it, walking around asking people for money. I gave it to him one time. After that, I said, no, I already gave you some money. Are you working? Or are you bumming off people? You don't need a $4 drink. Amen? Amen? Don't, go, don't be coming asking me money so you can go down and buy some expensive drink. Get a job. Amen? Amen? Well, not everybody can do what you do. That's right. Praise God. 
Ladies, not everybody can do what you do. Amen? I don't know how. Miss Cheyenne, you're in here somewhere. How do you do what you do? Yeah, God bless you. Amen. And she's in that nursery every day. Praise God for the school and the teachers in the school. And she has these kids. And I don't know. I, is duct tape your friend? <laughs> she wouldn't admit to it. I don't know how she does it. Praise God. Somebody ought to give her a raise. Did I just say that? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Where was I going with that, Brother Randy? Not everybody can do what you do. Okay, all right, amen. Not everybody can do what you do, but a lot of people can run a vacuum. A lot of people can empty a trash can. A lot of people can pick up things and mow grass and do a lot of stuff and praise God for that. Amen. Praise God for that. Don't look down on people. They're working. Amen. Amen. We're about finished up here. Let me read this verse to you. First Timothy chapter five says, but if any provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. That's what God said. In other words, if you don't eat, you have denied what God told us right here in this book. Did I say eat? I meant say work. Amen. If you don't work, you've denied. Amen. You don't eat. You don't eat. That's something right there. That's a whole new topic right there. If you don't eat, you're denying the word of God. So get to the buffet. Okay. All right. Retract that on the internet. Back it up. All right. You know what I was trying to say. God, in other words, if we don't work and we don't provide for our families. It says your own and those of your house. It sounds like there's more than just those that are in your house. You know, the Bible does say about leaving an inheritance for your children's children. It does say something about that. Amen. We ought to provide. And if we don't, we've denied the scripture that he taught us. That we have, that he gave us. And we're worse than an infidel. That means a a heathen, an unbeliever. That's what that means. In other words, we're, we're not acting like Christ taught us. We're acting like the world. And we don't care about those that we love. That's what he's saying. Amen? I forgot it. Man, I forgot it. I meant to get it. Okay? I've told you about it one other time, and I'm going to tell you about it again. I have on my little cork board in my office, I, got, I, just, I have a thing right by my desk and where I, where I put little t- tacks in and things I need to be reminded of. And I have right on it, okay, you might have one of these, maybe you don't, I don't know, but I got it from out there at college, all right? And it, it's a little piece of paper, all right? Yeah, she's all right, that's all right, we're right here. All right, now, come on now. I have a little thing on my court, uh, the, whatever you call that board, court, whatever, okay? And I got a pin there, and it says, the secret to how to make money. Right on the front, it says, secret how to make money. And it's pinned right up there. Right, Brother Rocky? You probably know what it is. And you open it up, and real big, it says, go to work. (laughs) Amen? Go to work. God made us to work. Okay, men and women. But ladies, you work in the home, and you do things, and some of you are out in the workplace, and that's God bless it. You do what's best for your family. Praise the Lord for you ladies that... Uh, slave all day in the home and, and helping the children and the babies and all of that. Praise God for that. God, God's pleased with that. 
You please the Lord as you raise your children. Hallelujah. Work hard. Do it for the Lord and give Him your best. The world, now here it is. The world is producing lazy people that don't know how to work. That's not what God wants of us. I've just walked you through several passages in Scripture where God says, you, get a, you do your work and you do it with all your might. You put your hand to the plow and don't look back. You let God just bless you as you work and you work hard. Live for God, work hard, and do it for His glory. And God will reward us. That's right. He'll bless you. You do it the way He told you to do it, He'll bless you. Well, I don't like my job. Let me, let me give you a couple of opinions. Let me just help you just for a minute. Okay? I mean, this is my, I'm your pastor. I'm going to give you my opinion here. A couple things I've seen. Okay? Especially young people. Don't quit a job and say, I don't like my job and just quit it. Don't do that. Mom and dad, don't do that either. I don't like my job, so I'm going to quit it. If you don't like your job, you keep working it. And then when you're not working, you get out and make, do, fill out some applications and find a job you do like. And when, you get, when they hire you, you, then you put in your two weeks notice. And you move up. That's the way I was taught. That's the way it's supposed to be done. Now, I don't have a verse for that, but that's, that's the Woolard opinion. And there, there it is. It'll help you. It'll help you. Right? When, when you're young, you go out and you start flipping burgers or taking people's orders. And you work it and you work it hard and you work all the way. And you don't call in sick because you got a little sniffle. Yeah, sometimes we have to call in sick, but it's not very often. It shouldn't be very often. Sick days were not meant to be half the year. It was meant to be one or two days a year. And you know that's the case. i got a hurt fingernail. How do you do the smallest violin? Is that what you do? Amen? I'm preaching opinion for a minute. You can throw it away, Mom and Dad, if you don't like it. You know that. Okay? I shut the Bible, and I'm giving you my opinion, and you can throw it away if you don't like it. Okay? But we've got to teach our young people this. Many of us were taught this, and we've got to pass it on. And you start out with a, a low-end job because that's just what you can get when you're young. And you, can, you work it, and you do the best of your best, and then you, you fill out applications... On the, on the side when you're not scheduled to work. And you go in and you find a better job. And then you put your two-week notice and you move up. Say, well, that's not where I want to end up. That's not what I want to do all in life. Pushing carts at Walmart or whatever. It's a job, praise God for it. But you do it and you work hard at it. And then when you're not working, you're filling out applications so you get a better job. And then you put your two weeks notice in and you move up. That's how it's done. Nobody comes out of school or comes out of college... And, and has the best of the best job that you're going to retire with. It's, very, it's not very common. Okay? I'm, I'm in my late 30s and I'm pastoring the, the best church in all the world. I didn't start here. God had to train me and teach me a few things first. He had to humble me a little bit. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get out and work. Dads, let's teach our sons to work. Our daughters how to do some work too. Mommies, I think it's awesome when mamas are, are teaching their young ladies how to cook dinner and fix a good feast and letting them practice it in the home. That's awesome. Teaching a young lady how to work. 
So when she gets to be an adult, she knows how to fend for herself and, and, and she can take care of a family. Yeah. Young people knowing how to wash laundry and do mow some grass and take care of themselves. Amen? Teach them to work. We're on the same page. We're on God's page. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this topic tonight. Lord, it needed to be heard. It needed to be preached. Lord, we need it. I need it. All of us need it. Whether we're young or we're old, Lord, we know that we need to please God with our work. Lord, whether we're in ministry, whether we're out in the shop, whether we drive a truck or we're working on cars or whether we're in baking a cake or, or what we do, Lord, we work a job and, and we receive reward of that. And God, the Bible says for us to do it for your glory. Not for men pleasers, not just when everybody's looking, not, not making things look nice and doing things when, when the boss is looking, but all the time for your glory and for your honor. I pray God you'd bless and help that you bless this invitation. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed. People are already at the altar. Would you?